0: Welcome to Bachidamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennington. Hello, welcome. Today we have a special guest with us, Dr. Melissa Dobosch. She is an associate professor in the Department of Communication and Media, and she specializes in how groups and teams work together, as well as organizational relationships. So, she might have some insights into what's happening with the guys and their relationships, so with each other. So um, before we kind of jump in, is there anything else that you would like to, you know, would you like to introduce yourself, Melissa? Yeah, sure. I um, have, um,
1: beyond being a professor and um, as you just said, I've also been a long time Bachelor Nation fan um, I watch it every week. I record it. I've been doing it since I was in my early 20s. So like when it started. I remember the first Bachelor. So I'm very excited to be here today to talk about this week's episode.
0: Absolutely. So I thought it would be fun if we started out by talking a little bit about why we watch The Bachelor. So, um, Melissa, you want to start us out, but Bill, I'm dying to know too. Like what What intrigues you about the bachelor or the bachelorette or bachelor in paradise?
2: Yeah. I feel like we can just the bachelor, when we say the bachelor, it is like the unanimous word for anything under the bachelor nation umbrella, except the Olympics bridge too far. I'm not doing those.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I did listen to your podcast last week. And, um, when Claire and the guy with the hot tub, that was one of my favorite moments ever when he's, he goes, when you say jacuzzi, you're supposed to go to jacuzzi. And it was just, it's one of our favorite lines that we say all the time. Now it's a huge faux pas, right? You break the norm. If you don't meet someone at the hot tub, when you say you're supposed to, so
0: uh, failure to follow through. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. so why do you watch 18 years, Melissa? What, what um, intrigues you? Well, I think
1: that, you know, I think that, you know, I'm 40 now versus starting at 22, so I think maybe why I watch now is different than in the beginning. I think in the beginning, reality TV was new. I grew up in that like MTV Real World kind of genre. I will say it became for me it's not really even about the show so much as it is about who I'm watching the show with, right? So when I was in grad school and I didn't know anybody, we would go to a restaurant. This is before they had viewing parties. I think we were the first. We would go, you know, over 10 years ago to a bar, a fancy like restaurant bar in the small college town that I was in. And they would have half price wine and we would take over the bar. And we got the owner to turn all the TVs onto The Bachelor. And we developed this amazing, you know, kind of group. And so then when I met my husband, one of our first dates was, well, meet me at the bar, you know, with all of our friends to watch the show. So I got him hooked. And I would say since then, I've been married 10 years this is our this is our date it's a show that we can turn on it's on all the time in all of its iterations we can watch it we can talk over it we can laugh about it discuss it it's a no pressure kind of viewing situation not like a high drama tv show where you want to be really focused and so it's kind of a really important part of our relationship oddly enough
0: (laughs) i love that what about you bill well i have
2: a relationship tie-in as well uh when I first started dating my wife, uh, that was like the first show we ever watched. And she had a TiVo, like one of the first people I knew to have a TiVo. So I was really intrigued by that. And my way to get to view the TiVo was to watch the bachelor, um, bachelorette. And then on top of it, obviously I do research in that area. So, um, I get to use it a lot in class. Um, and honestly, for me, it's makes class easy because it's intriguing for students. They engage with it. I also teach research methods and it's just like the difference between getting to talk about the bachelor and dating is, or about ANOVA's is just, so it just kind of, yeah. And like with Elaine and I, it's a, it is a date with us. Uh, We do not watch it, you know, like if it's on the DVR, we have an agreement. We watch it together unless one of us is like out of town and yeah.
0: See, I have to pull my husband's teeth to watch the show. He hates it. He hates it. But he knows that I like this genre of things. And so I think he secretly finds it really amusing. Um, But we'll have to find out when we bring him on the podcast sometime. But I, I like, I really like people falling in love. Like, I think, like, this is, like, my geeky, cheesy answers. I just think it's really beautiful. And so I really, really like that. Um, But, like, from a professional perspective, like, everything about the show makes me Twitch, right? Like, you know, in terms of, like, the ways that it reinforces problematic romance myths, the way that it reinforces gender roles, it's super, like structured around heteronormativity so much as like they don't know what to do with Demi you know and um so like there's all these things that like really frustrate me about the show but I still love it and I think one of the things that I really like is I tend to like to study things that other people have written off as insignificant or not interesting and so um But if you follow fans and the way that fans are talking, they're incredibly intelligent and smart and savvy about things. And so, you know, like this summer, Colton and Cassie broke up and he put a or she put a restraining order on him and the conversations around healthy relationships and stalking that were happening because of this show thats you know, we're really I mean, there's a lot of stupid conversations out there. But there were a lot of really smart, complex ones too. And so I'm really interested in these spaces that other people write off as being like silly or insignificant, but there's some serious and important stuff happening around it.
2: I, I also, uh, in that vein, I enjoy uh, pointing out what is actually research-based that happens in or evidence-based that happens in the show. So uh, a lot of times with the breakups, what you find is when you look at men and women and the difference in their breakup strategies, uh, men tend to use what we call destiny beliefs. So they tend to say, it's just never going to work. We're not meant for each other. Women tend to use growth beliefs, um, which is, you know, I just can't see a future with us. I don't see how we can build it. So yeah, it's in this weird truncated, odd situation, but people still default to those things. Um, so
0: that sounds like extra credit. Bills. Oh yeah, this is, my
2: <laughs> but I'm, I'm going, I, I have my extra credit. Uh, I have my extra credit down. So extra credit towards your bachelor's degree.
0: Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, um, let's get to this week's episode. If you had to describe this week's episode in one word, what would it be?
2: I think you need to go first, Danielle.
0: Me? Yeah. Naked, naked. That's my word, naked. Um, naked and both literally and figuratively.
1: <laughs> I would say that little awkward pause we had when you asked the question of one word, that that is my one word, which is no word. It's just an awkward pause <laughs> that I'm just like, you know, looking around, That—that that is my word. It's not a fast. word.
2: Sorry, <laughs> Fast would be mine. Like they just that things are escalating quickly, um, and I, you know, like the relationships are moving faster than probably what would be healthy in the real world. But again, we're on the Bachelorette, so
0: <laughs> okay. So it starts with the love languages, All right. right? Yeah. So is that part of the reason it moves so fast? Bill, like tell us about love languages. Okay. When, you know, what like do we need to recap what happened?
2: Yeah, I can so so here's uh so here's the extra credit segment. Um so this is my extra credit. This is where I get to be a real academic dork and give you some some insight into this. Um, Basically, Claire takes the guys into this room and is going to have them talk about their love languages and her love languages. So for the people out there who don't know what love languages are, um, they were uh, exposed in a book. Uh, by a pastor who had done about 30 years of marriage counseling within his church. Um, He came out, I'm pretty sure it's a he came out and said, um, you know, I've identified these five love languages and everyone has one love language. Um, And so what we find from research is that there's not a ton of evidence that these love languages really exist in a concrete form. We also don't find that people have one love language But what we do know is that couples who communicate couples who find out what their partner likes and they make a good faith attempt to do those things have really healthy relationships. So when I teach about this in class, one of the things I always say is, yeah, maybe there's not five love languages. Maybe touch is not, you know, one, or maybe people can have three or four love languages, or maybe one person is only has one love language, but then there's someone who has two or three. Um, All that's up in the air. However, the takeaway from this is that if you really know your partner and you make a good faith effort to do the things that they like that make them feel appreciated, it's going to be positive in your relationship. Interestingly, one of the takeaways from that episode, I thought, was that they talked a lot about Claire's love languages. I'm not sure they said anything about the guy's love languages. And one of the uh, big... ding 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 Is <laughs> yeah. so one of the things that uh the guy who wrote the book said is that i never really meant for people to use this to bludgeon their partner and say my love language is do this for me it was so that you can know your partner so one of the biggest things about love languages is it's less about what your love language is and more about what your partner's love language is and that's your bachelor extra credit
0: woohoo Melissa, do I love you that. people are, are gonna
2: you? get so tired of me doing this?
0: I love it. Only if it comes with the finger. Yeah,
2: you if you're listening, you can't see me do the, the finger.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Melissa, have you taught love languages or like do you do you have a love language? Do you think?
1: I so I have not taught love languages. I know that people have talked about it. Um, I guess my in teaching. Organizational communication—it's not so much like what your love language is. Although I think there, I think there have been follow-up books, right, for different contexts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think what Bill just said was kind of absolutely true. I think that have any conversation you can have about how you're, you're communicating and what it means. You know, when I talk to my partner, you know, my husband, and he says, you know, I communicate, I do all these things because I love you. That helps me to understand. And I think that that is exactly what was missing was, um like, just express. And it felt, it felt very artificial me mm-hmm. the whole expression of like using love languages like I kind of felt like it was maybe trying to go in this like deep way which was great but um yeah and uh, in terms of my own love language no like I've gone online I've taken the quiz I've flipped through the book before I'm all over the place but I, I also think that it helps to understand my partners and know when my husband and I have conversations we talk about what we need and then try to like it changes our perspective on each other and how we communicate
0: every time oh. I read
1: oh,
2: go ahead Daniel. go
0: ahead yeah. yeah cool. two
2: comments on that one. I really like the comedy of thinking of people sitting in a uh, business meeting and being like, my love language is words of affirmation and you are not giving it to me, Paul. <laughs> uh, my other thing but... is um I really want people to say nice things to me while I stand on a balcony. like I just I felt like the whole love languages thing got lost while she was standing on the balcony and it's like I would love to have people just be like, you're smart, you're intelligent. Yeah, go ahead, Danielle. I spoke I, over you. I, oh,
0: go ahead, Melissa. Were you no, gonna find even, well, in the office? Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. And in the, I mean, I even think about like, I mean, think, like, like, if you're managing employees, to know like what makes your employees tick, right, is really helpful. But even in this bachelorette context with the balcony, I mean, if love languages is about finding ways to connect with your partner, I wonder if like putting her up, like. In a balcony,
0: like creates division, right? So it's like the opposite. I don't know. I'm I maybe this is why I'm a hard person to probably be married to. Um, but like whenever I go through the love languages, I'm like, mm-hmm, I'm gonna need words of affirmation, mm-hmm, you're gonna need to do access service. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, and I think that at different times and different contexts, you need different things. And so for me, I think that you know, you might have preference for one or the other, but at different times in your life and in different contexts, you know, what you need might be different. And so, um, as well as the way that you might communicate and express things. Um, But yeah, I also thought the touching was kind of awkward. Would you all think about the touching portion?
2: So can I make one comment on something before that? I really, I thought the most authentic thing that happened was the guys running and trying to find a gift for her, because it is a lot like when you forget your spouse's birthday or your, um, or your anniversary and you run to Walgreens and you're like, oh shit, (laughs) I'm going to get her this foot cream. It looks really good. Like that was the most authentic thing that happened in that whole segment was guys running and being like, I got you a. Chess piece, because you're gonna be a McQueen.
0: <laughs> Bill, like you can't go to oh, Walgreens, no, like to get your gift. Like,
2: <laughs> I'm I. You can ask Elaine. I have a feeling she's done that.
0: To me. Oh, oh, I'll I'll make sure I jot down Walgreens for a topic of future.
2: Walgreens <laughs> has everything. They've got alcohol. They've got drugs. Um, they've got Halloween candy.
0: That was our sponsor. <laughs>
2: yeah, we don't have a sponsor at Walgreens if you're listening. <laughs> I can be paid in drugs, alcohol, or Halloween candy.
1: Oh my goodness. Like, honey, I got you this really beautiful of wine, the finest they have at Walgreens. $6.99 like...
2: is <laughs> a good price.
1: Hey, good value. Uh,
2: Yeah, I thought the touching was... It was a lot. It was cringeworthy. Um, I I think if, if you look at the research, people do not like PDA from like have to view PDA from other people. Um, so public displays of affection. Uh, so like you may say you like it from your partner, but for everybody else in the world, it's it's cringy. I don't know how you all felt, but I was I was doing the thing where and you, you all can't see me if we're you listen on the podcast, but I was like looking through my fingers. Like I was just, <laughs> oh God.
1: It felt like taking a very intimate act, right. But do, doing it in front of other people. And I, I'm not, you know, this is not my area of expertise, but I know there's a lot of research on attachment and attachment style and relationships. And there's been some ties to like how you view, you know, your partner touching someone else. So in some respects, if you're trying to foster a relationship, you know, you're doing those words of affirmation, you're trying to develop these relationships. And then in the next breath, you're like, we're going to take you and put you in a really intimate touch scenario. You know, and I think it's interesting because the show often, right, it's like people obviously can touch, but you often aren't doing it in front of everybody else that you're trying to, you know, date at the same time, like you might sneak off to an alcove in the mansion to kiss, but you don't like walk into the room of like all the contestants and make out with someone or touch them intimately. It just felt like a really weird
0: um, break from the norm. It reminds you that the show, that there is constant surveillance, Mm -hmm. right? That we are always watching, you know, too. I think it's this moment where it calls attention to the form of reality TV and kind of breaks that for you and go, it kind of reminds you that, oh yeah, this is a show and this is really cringeworthy now, but they're kind of always in front of people doing this, Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's true. I never thought about that. Yeah. Like we got to see that they're in front of people because the guys were in the background, but typically there's probably what, like 10, 15 people with cameras and wow. I never thought about that. Be that, wild. Was, that was a deep
0: thought. So, so let's talk about this moment when no one pulls Claire <laughs> aside. Whoa. Like, so what do you all think about this? Like, was her reaction reasonable? Like, was she stressed? Like, was she right to kind of hold them accountable for that? What's going on there?
2: I don't know. I, I, so I was thinking like they had just gone through this like pretty emotionally like taxing thing with the, the five love languages. It's like I am somebody who I need to sit down and decompress. And I wondered if that's what it was. Um, also, you never know when Chris Harrison's going to show up with a rose. And so I wondered if it was more like they were like, are we starting the individual dates? What's going on? Um, That's what I I thought, which this happens in relationships. You mistake somebody's cues for something totally different and then you attribute it to them. And I I wonder if the guys were kind of just like, we didn't realize we were supposed to jump up. Um, Yeah.
1: So I think, I think it was such an awkward pause, but I think for me, I noticed it immediately because on all my years of watching the bachelor family, right. They have created these like structures, right. These rules and resources for how you you do bachelor. And it is, Hey, can I borrow you for a sec? You know, it's interrupting. It's jumping in because that's the behavior that's been rewarded in the past. Right. When you go and interrupt, it's because you like the other person so much that you just can't hang back. And we know that people who do hang back like generally aren't rewarded right they get kicked off so I noticed it right away that being said when I take that kind of lens off it actually felt like a really authentic moment like they all kind of came together and like did a cheer you know like and it didn't feel awkward right but because I know all this other knowledge about what these like structures are that the bachelor you know shows have created made me notice it and so I just wonder if maybe these guys aren't like purveyors of bachelor like culture as much Maybe as past contestants. um, Claire certainly is, right? Like, this is her fifth, you know, she's been on four prior shows. She kind of knows how it works. So I think her expectations were very different and they obviously weren't met. Um, but I don't think that the guy's not jumping in. I, it almost, I think that I think it was like it's kind of disrespectful, right? When people mm-hmm. jump in and pull away. Um, and I think they were kind of being respectful and like letting the night kind of unfold naturally. But because she is used to the bachelor way of doing things, those bachelor kind of rules she was pretty pissed
2: <laughs> there are a lot of what i call dude excuses they're like excuses but like dude where they're like i didn't know i i thought which is fine i just i thought it was interesting i also was like uh, i thought it was funny when she came back and it was like <laughs> If you guys want to just bro out, I'll go home and go to bed. And it's like, this is like training for later in relationships. When someone (laughs) makes you mad, you're like, I'll just go home. I'll just, yeah.
0: I, what did you think about Yosef calling her crazy?
2: What'd you think, Danielle?
0: Ooh, I thought it was a bad call. (laughs) One, I'm I'm just kind of um, a little sensitive to the word crazy to begin with. Um, I would prefer, you know, maybe the word wild or you know, like you know, upset. You know, like let's be specific about what you're really saying there and recognize the way that the word crazy can have other connotations around mental health issues, et cetera, et cetera, um, and and in a negative way. So. He's generally unimpressive, though, as a human. <laughs> um, I think, um, uh, so, I don't know. It wasn't his finest moment.
2: He looks like he's going to have a lot of not finest moments.
0: Indeed. He, he's one of the, right, he keep, he's the one,
1: he's got a daughter, right? And he keeps talking about, well, but I have a daughter. And it's like, just because you have a daughter doesn't mean that you can't be a jerk to women, right? Like it's, my husband was the one who's like, why does he keep talking about like, well, I have a daughter, so I know how to act and I know how to, Like I don't know. It just kind of felt weird to me. Not a fan of him at all.
2: I thought it was interesting. He, um, oh no, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I saw online on Twitter. A lot of people were saying, oh, you never call a woman crazy. And I was like, you know, you never call anyone crazy. Like I guarantee if somebody if I was mid sentence and somebody said, you're being crazy, Bill, and it was something that I cared about, I would lose my shit on it. And so it's just like it's just a common decency thing. Like, don't call anyone crazy. I I think I didn't like the fact that it was like very attributed to to women like, oh, you know, women be crazy. It's like anybody be crazy. I guarantee men probably would be worse mad. I would be really mad if someone called me crazy when I was trying to explain my Mm -hmm. feelings.
0: Well, and that she was emotional, right Like too, it's attached to like women expressing emotions and particularly expressing anger, right? Mm-hmm. So the moment that she she does that, um, it gets attributed in this really negative way. Um, but I don't want to talk about him anymore. Let's talk about her day with Jason.
2: <laughs> she did seem fine with Dale as mad as she was. once Dale jumped in, she was like,
0: Yeah. Hey. Hey. I'm so sorry for the guys there, too, because she's like, oh, somebody pull me aside. And he's like, I'll take you aside. And then she's like, Dale? (laughs) Do you know, was she just mad that
1: Dale didn't pull her aside initially? Like, I I I just don't know.
2: (laughs) Also, I don't think Bennett's glasses are real.
0: I love Bennett's glasses. Like, I was really rooting for him. I must have a thing for guys with glasses. I was like, oh, he looks like less villainy and like, more like nerdy i like yay
2: you got got clark kented he just pulled the clark kent on you like superman
0: (laughs) but then he talked and you're like oh yeah nope he's still (laughs) he's still
2: what was his description new york guy harvard educated
0: you know
1: (laughs) him running through the pool i liked him running through the pool area to find his gift and all the guys when they were making that was one of my favorite moments
2: yeah all right. We can go on. Sorry. I just, no,
0: that's great. I'm glad that you did. I, I forgot about those wonderful moments and I was wanting to talk about Bennett's glasses. <laughs> so, so Jason, so last week I said that I liked Jason's energy and I got to say my feelings around Jason have shifted.
2: <laughs> not a fan of the plain white shirt and sweatpants.
0: Oh my gosh. I couldn't get over the fact that he showed up on this date in gray sweatpants and a white shirt. And it's not like, oh, I just couldn't handle it. I don't know why it bothered me so much, but I was like, dude, put on some pants.
1: Maybe that's just the pandemic and how it's impacting us. <laughs> but like, like a nice, well-fitting pair of joggers now, like is going to suffice it for a hot date on national TV. I don't know. Right. They were like, well fitting.
2: At least they're not I, like the sloppy sweatpants. Like yeah, they were they definitely weren't the like I'm not leaving the house for three weeks sweatpants. They were the I'm going to the store sweatpants.
1: Luxurious
0: loungewear for yeah. sure. But yeah, I was like, is he is he wearing joggers? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I get like if they were gonna hike and stuff, I guess like Maybe that would have felt more appropriate, but I think it was also the juxtaposition of his sweatpants and like her more polished what you would expect on a first date outfit. That was
2: that was a nice way to put that she was really dressed up and he <laughs> looked like he was going <laughs> to go play basketball. <laughs> okay. I hear a rumor, Danielle, that you're going to give us some extra credit. Um, okay. Disclosure
0: absolutely so this
2: was a heavy date this was
0: this was a super heavy date so you know bill and i have been texting a little bit about you know our reactions to the show and we were like this i felt like she was counseling him you know that she was like trying to like pull out his like childhood trauma and get him to disclose and so self-disclosure is when you reveal personal information about yourself. This could be how you're feeling, your emotions, your aspirations, your dreams. And typically when we disclose, we have different social rules for how much you disclose at different in different contexts and at different points of a relationship. And for one, if there's any lesson I guess I could give is that like, you, while disclosure is really important for relationship development, you also don't want to force people to disclose. So disclosure can produce int- intimacy because you can be vulnerable together. You learn things about each other that way. It can help you build trust, but also like forcing someone into a situation where they have to disclose isn't helpful for trust building. <laughs> um, So Yeah, I mean, I think that it was this awkward thing because it was trying to push a sort of disclosure that he didn't really feel prepared for. Um, Yeah, I'm a high level self-disclosure. I have problems. I break social norms around social disclosure all of the time. Um, I'm a stranger attractor, I think because of this. So strangers will come up and tell me their darkest secrets really fast. Like Ryan will always joke when we used to be able to travel and stuff. Like we'd be in an airport and he'd go off to the bathroom and he'd come back and he'd be like, who are you talking to? I'm like, Oh, that's George. And he'd be like, "Who? who's George? Like, how do you, how do you know him? And I'm like, I don't. And he's like, but you were just crying together. And I'm like, I know his mom just got diagnosed with cancer. And you know, like, and he's like but you met 5 minutes ago i'm like bye you know like um so i i appreciate self disclosure because i do think that it can create connection really quickly um and i'm sort of skeptical about some taboos that we have around what you can disclose about and what you can't so for example while i'm critical of the way that I think he was like forced to talk about tra- childhood trauma. We might also think about why it is that as a society, we aren't supposed to talk about those things.
2: Yeah. Cause he definitely, he, he, once he started disclosing, it was clear that he, he probably needed to talk to somebody. Um, you could tell that like he wanted to get some stuff off his chest. I'm not sure if the second episode of the Bachelorette, was the place with Claire, uh, as the counselor. I'm not sure she has the training to help him unpack that, but, uh, you could tell he, like, once he got going, it it seemed like he kind of liked it. Um, so.
0: Well, and it does feel good to share. I think a lot of the time, um, to me, it really felt forced by the producers, right. That like In the last season with Pilot Pete, you know, they were really criticized for it not being mature enough. And I think that they're trying to take this more mature, we're serious about love approach with this season, but it feels like so forced.
2: They've overcorrected.
0: They've overcorrected. What did you think,
1: Melissa? I mean, and I also wonder so this is the whole thing. I think the age, right? Like we keep talking about Claire being so old, right? Um, but I also wonder too, like if this is just also maybe her jam, like she just seemed so into it, like listen, and I don't know if it was a romantic thing, but just, you know, I think that if you were going to, I don't know, like, I just think that that might also just be her thing. Like she likes to connect with people and dig down deep and talk. And, um, I mean, it definitely did feel forced, but I also felt like in some respects, you know, it felt like more of a typical date like being able to sit there by the fire and talk and burn some things like that well actually no that's not like a typical first
2: date <laughs> I take it not first date maybe like i think that's what i said on on twitter is like you know disclosure to a partner about your family and stuff you marry their family eventually that's important i'm not sure if it's first date material uh but maybe if you're both in agreement maybe that's where it became uncomfortable was that i'm not sure both people were on board with this
0: it needs to feel reciprocal. No. Yeah, it needs to feel reciprocal. It needs to sort of naturally unfold. And I mean, part of it was the activities were built around that. Like, let's write on this stone and then break it. You know. Um, <laughs> but I agree with you, Melissa, that I do think that this is this is part of how Claire communicates. Mm-hmm. Though, did you all see any sparks? Though, did you think that it was romantic? No.
2: I was- and I felt like at the end, he seemed like he was drunk when he was doing the interviews at the end. He looked a little drunk.
1: He had to disclose a lot. Like, he, yeah. I mean, can you blame the guy? He probably yeah. maxed out his two drinks an hour minimum, you know?
2: She got him drink. She got him drunk and made him you know, disclose. I,
1: you know, like <laughs> this is she, veering
2: into a whole different conversation.
1: <laughs> no, but I think she made some comment where she was like, oh, you're the kind of... Like, didn't maybe I'm misreading? But like, she made some comment about how, like, when he talked about maybe kind of in the past being unavailable and manipulative, that she was like, "Well, that's the kind of guy I've always fallen for in the past." And I don't know. I kind of just feel like making that comment was kind of the death knell to their relationship.
2: I thought so. Yeah. Do
1: you she also said that? she
0: was. I, I do. Yeah.
2: She also said she was really funny, and I'm not sure that that is an accurate assessment. I have <laughs> not seen her being funny yet, but. Maybe it's the production. She,
1: well, wasn't She was the one on The Bachelor in Paradise that she talked to the raccoon. She would have like in-depth conversations with the raccoon. She, yes.
2: okay. Maybe I retract that statement. Maybe I retract that statement. I thought that Very was funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Maybe not funny on purpose.
2: <laughs> That's a good point.
0: So let's talk about the next, like the first group date and oh, strip dodgeball. So nakedness. Let's so first, she gets Jason naked with his feelings, then she gets the guys <laughs> naked.
2: <laughs> She's gonna emotionally undress you and then physically undress you
0: <laughs> pretty much so, um, would you all think about the date? what did you feel like there were any connections happening? what Would you think about strip dodgeball?
2: I have a question being a heterosexual guy for what I assume both of you are heterosexual women. Is there anything sexy about a naked guy playing dodgeball? Cause I can't see it, but they seem to really try to be acting like the guys jumping around in their jock straps was in some way. I, I just, I, I don't know.
0: It did not seem
2: sexy to me at all.
0: I would have been too embarrassed. And and okay, so you need to understand. Like, I teach performance classes. That means sometimes students get naked and perform in my classes. And you would think that that would be really weird. It's really not. It's just bodies. We all got one, right? Not that weird about bodies. But if I'm like seeing someone that's like my potential partner, like naked after like two days of knowing them. I, I can't, Ooh, huh? Too anxious. That would make me nervous. I couldn't look. I would be giggling to yeah. like cover up my anxiety.
2: Yeah. And like I said, it's not, it's not that they were naked. It was that they were somehow trying to say that this was like a really sexy situation. And I just, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe that's her thing.
0: Fat, body fat. I like, don't understand how that many people can have that much abs. <laughs> oh yeah, but
2: yeah, I probably well, would have self-selected myself out. I would have been like, "Well, it's been fun." I'm going back to the hotel, waiting for the ceremony.
1: I mean, you know, and there's this history like they and like they'll get females like where they put them all in, like in bikinis and put them on a tractor for Chris Souls, right? That was Chris mm-hmm. Soules, like it, where they're always kind of stripping people down, and I'm very uncomfortable. Like actually, with all of it, it always makes me feel a little weird.
0: So there's a lot of conversations about objectification and, you know, a lot of things on Twitter going around, you know, sort of saying, Hey, if this was reversed, people would be losing their minds, you know, like people would be upset about this. And so, and I, what I think is interesting is I think that people have been upset in the past when women have been objectified, when, um, I think even in Pete's season, didn't they have them like wrestle? I think Like in lingerie, one. I think they had them wrestle in lingerie and they, you know, they got some pushback about that. And I think they got some pushback on this too. Um, rightfully so.
2: Yeah. I, I feel like the fact that it was like, now you stripped down naked was like, I think, I think had that been, yeah, I just I thought it was a bit too far. I don't know. Yeah.
1: And then they have to leave. Like yeah, and then it was like, like a walk. Game. The, I mean, yeah. Like,
2: yeah, as they're like holding themselves, like uh yeah, I felt bad for them.
0: I also was like, will they please let them put clothes on before they continue interviewing them so they like, like s- Blake is like all upset and they're like take them off like off to the side and they have like he's a like, little staying. like interview, and he's just, like they're
2: staying. sitting on the couch and the one guy has the throw pillow and you, I wondered if they were like can I go put my clothes on and they're like no you got to go into the room with the guys and there's some people like I have friends that are just like like being naked is not a big thing they're fine with it I have other people that are very body conscious and it I just, yeah, I felt bad for the people there that, you know, are just for the guys and guys. I feel like that is one area where you are very early in life told that, like, you know, shower in front of guys, you just, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be uh, worried about your body. And so if you were the guy who is, it puts you in a really bad position in something like that, you know, and
1: I think also, even just in doing interviews, so, i mean think about when you're naked like it's just so much more like kind of threatening right mm-hmm. to not have your clothes on and then having to and if you're like almost like blake was upset and how to, re- to reflect on these things it's kind of
0: feels a little unfair so then she goes back and she has a date with the rest with the winners of the dodgeball tournament and she gets to talk to each of the guys one-on-one <clears throat> So this is also where the important foot massage happens. And we had a big, a big yeah. poll about this on Twitter. So well,
2: yeah, if you don't know, if you're listening, we are on Twitter and we live tweet uh, at Batchadamia. Uh, and we had a poll and I think it had like 50 respondents. Does a foot massage count if the shoe is on? And it was very, very skewed towards <laughs> no. You have to take the shoe off for it to count.
0: So-, so my husband and I had a little bit of a disagreement on this. Oh, okay. So, I was like absolutely shoe has to come off. Does not count unless you can get a good rub. Now, I will say when I this was before I had seen the episode and then I realized, oh, it is kind of a slinky shoe. <laughs> but, so
2: I don't know what that means.
0: Her her shoe did you know I was like imagining more shoe
2: oh like she was in like uh like a converse all-star and he was like rubbing over the fabric yeah
0: yeah. she had she had a slinky strappy shoe on and so i guess he was able to there was a lot of access to foot (laughs) Foot (laughs) but so this is what ryan says to me because i was like no it doesn't count he goes of course it counts he's like danielle if one of your colleagues if you were like came up and started rubbing your foot with your shoe on at work, if you went to HR, you would be like an unconventional foot rub happened. And he's like, so like a foot rub happened.
2: Ryan, that is, that is, that is yeah. weak reasoning. I think. <laughs> I think if Elaine was like, can you rub my foot? And I like did it over the shoe. She'd be like, no, no, buddy. Nope. Well,
1: <laughs> Try again. I don't think it's a. Qu- my thought is I don't think it's a question of if it was or was not a foot rub. I think it was a foot rub. It was a crappy foot rub, right? Okay. Yeah. I think it's more of a question of quality.
2: Yeah. Was it enough quality that it should count?
1: Well, that's a good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. In my marriage, I don't think that would have counted. I think if I had lost a bet, and the the deal was you have to give me a foot rub. And I did it over the shoe. I'd be like, no, come on.
1: Maybe it's like the next group date that like they take it a little bit further and take the shoe off. Things get
2: really intimate. I mean,
1: you build up, right? We didn't want to go all in with the full on naked foot rub. First in time. the grand
2: scheme of foot rubs, he only got the second base. <laughs> when you take yes, the
1: shoe off. second base.
2: I have no idea what home plate is. In
1: hey,
0: he was keeping it classy. Lotion. <laughs> so what do you think about our conversations with it? Did you see a connection with any of the guys? So it was who, um, Brandon. Oh my goodness. Can we no, talk she about didn't. that awkward moment? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Let's talk about Brandon. You want to do that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for those who, who may have been refilling their drink, getting more nachos, I don't know what you do while you watch the bachelor at, but Brandon sat down and said he was really excited that she was the bachelorette. And she said, why are you excited? And he basically said, because you're really pretty. If you can't, if you're not watching, Danielle is now sliding out of her chair. (laughs) He said, you are really pretty. And she said, what else do you like about me? And he said, to be honest, I don't know much else about you. Uh, And then she did not appreciate that answer.
0: Oh, it was so uncomfortable.
2: And then he got sent home. And he was the only person to
1: get sent home.
0: I mean, he couldn't have like
1: BS something a little, like I'm really excited to you. You stand, you seem to stand up for your convictions or you seem like a strong one. And he could have said so many things
0: Yeah, to save that moment. That I mean, come on, like you need to do better. <laughs> and it would be hard to know that they had more time than anyone's ever had time to know that she was going to be the bachelorette and to like, you know, watch the past seasons that she was on or to follow her on Instagram, you know, they had time to learn about her in a way that in other seasons, they necessarily Mm -hmm. don't. So for him to not take that initiative and to like show that he hadn't taken that initiative. mm -mm.
2: Yeah. He's got
0: other choices.
2: I tell you what's not a love language, a nothing. And that's what he like. Her love (laughs) language is not you basically saying, I haven't gotten past your picture on the Internet.
1: I mean, he knew he he knew she was from Sacramento, right? So (laughs) poor Brandon.
2: (laughs) People out there, if you're looking for dating advice from the show, someone says, what do you like about me? Just saying you're pretty. And that's it. Now, like, I don't think it's a lot more different than like if you're at a bar uh, and you see somebody and you go over to him is like, you know, I think you're really attractive. Can I buy you a drink? I'd like to get to know you. That's okay. But like what you all have said is like he had ample time. And if I thought I liked somebody and I was going to approach them and I knew I had some lead up time, I would probably gain some intelligence on them. I might figure out what they like, maybe ask their friends, you know, so I could like put on a good face. I have a feeling he probably has never had to really try like i think i felt like that came off as a guy that was like most of his life he's just been able to be like i'm really good looking
0: he's in the attractive bubble yep you know
2: and he has good
1: <laughs>
0: can we can we talk about something else <laughs> <It's>, uh, oh. <laughs> like oh, oh. <laughs> it, was, it was like uh if if you've watched the show new girl how, like the character Nick, like will moonwalk out of a room. That was like him trying to moonwalk. Can we talk about something yeah. else? Yeah. yeah. Let's <laughs> right. get out of this conversation. Yeah. So, let's talk about Blake's breaking in on this date.
2: Yeah. What do you and think then,
0: about that? And like, then, first, should he have done that? Yeah. What? Cool it- or not cool. What do you think about it when contestants break the rules?
2: Yeah. Can I? Can I break that into two questions? Do I? Yeah. Am I allowed to do that? Go. One on the show uh what are your thoughts on people breaking in you know two um if you were out somewhere you're not on the bachelor and somebody's talking would it be okay to break in and they're a potential mate they're it's a potential date you kind of walk up and like hey can i yeah your car's on fire can i talk to you and then you're like no i just want to talk
1: so i think when you talk about breaking the rules on the bachelor, part of me thinks that that the rule is that you're supposed to break the rules. Right. So I think, yeah, in the real world, what he did, no, not okay. But I think in the real world or not the real (laughs) like bachelor is my real world, but in, in the bachelor world, I think him breaking in, like, again, his behavior that is often rewarded when people, you know, show up where, you know, the bachelor or bachelorette is staying, when they break in, when they steal them away for the third time. Right. Um, So in some respects, breaking the rules, I think is the rule and yeah.
0: Did it seem too early though? Normally, but when people start breaking the rules on the bachelor, I feel like they're further in and their relationships a little bit more established.
2: But he did contact her. Like, I think he is further in his relationship. I think that's what you're seeing is that they, they email back and forth. And so at least in his mind, he is further along because he's had this connection.
0: Mm,
1: I think he probably felt like I got naked on a date with you. Like True. I should be able to also have a conversation with you. I mean, right? Like maybe.
2: That yeah, all... it does
1: feel early, but I also. Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I think that um, it does, it was early, right? But I also think, I also think people have just been, I, I think there's a really big impact on this season with the pandemic that people have been, locked up and closed up. I know you guys talked last week about just being able to hug and interact. And I mean, in some respects, it's like, you're like, I just want to go talk to this girl that I think I like. And I think it was okay. I think her reaction to it was kind of interesting. Oh
2: boy. That was, I thought he was done when she went to kiss her and she like gave him the old, which is her right. Like if somebody, if you don't want to kiss somebody, don't do it. Um, but I thought mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was like, wow, why don't you just send him home? But then he got a rose the next day. So, yeah. I would like to hear like if if I could pick one thing from that episode that I would be like, Claire, can you explain just like the whole thought process not doubting her like just I'd like to know what she was thinking in that moment, I would be really interested in that because it seemed like she gave off and Danielle, this is your area of expertise. So I'd be interested to hear your thought, but she was giving off all the, like, this is done. I'm not interested in you signs.
0: Well, and I couldn't tell how much of that was about how she was feeling towards him and what he just did, or if it was this awkward situation of he came to talk to me I'm trying to process that he did just break the rules, but then all like the other five guys or however many come in and kind of confront and like, she's in this position where she has to sort of navigate that she has to moderate that. And so I was sort of like, how much is this, like, her feeling overwhelmed that she just had to navigate that situation that's really awkward and how much is that her responding to how she feels about him. But I also think that she just likes Dale. So
1: mm. and actually I kind of like the way she handled it because you know because she was like, we're not, you're not gonna go in for that right now. And part of me always thinks is when these people do break the rules, it kind of drives me I mean I think it's okay in the world, but it kind of drives me crazy. Because then you see, you know, the per you know I guess what I like was that she was like, "Okay, you said your piece. We're not going to make out. Now you're going to go, but I'm going to go." I think it kind of showed a level of respect for the guys who were on the date. I kind of appreciated that.
2: I do appreciate that about her more so than a lot of contestants in the past. Mm -hmm. Is that she is willing to like she goes with what she thinks is correct. I feel like Hannah was like that too. So
0: yeah,
2: yeah,
0: and I like that about Hannah too.
2: So Um, oh, go ahead. You're running the show, Danielle. Go for it. Oh,
0: Sorry.
2: No. no, you got it. You got it. Yeah.
0: Well, I was you just like
2: saying... a mind meld. I could tell what you were going to do. Go for it.
0: <laughs> so, uh, are there, I was going to just ask you all, like, did any, did, did her interactions with any of the other guys on the group date feel like something to you all?
2: Man, it's Dale. Not I... really. I, I, <laughs> Just going on, like, is there... Yeah, I I just think she is so into Dale. And it's like, I think she's keeping... Like, I think she kind of likes Blake. But I think she's so into Dale that it's... That ships down the... the
0: mm-hmm.
2: Trains I, down the track. I almost used the wrong analogy.
0: Well, so she gave... Was it Chasen the Rose, right? Yeah. Yeah, I and think so. Riley... Um...
1: chasing got
2: a rose um on one date i think riley riley did as well yeah
0: okay and and i want to give a shout out to joe because we haven't seen much of joe and he seems really i thought that like he'd always be laughing with the other guys and and seems i thought pretty interesting and he's cute but uh You know, I kind of noticed that we didn't get to hear any of his conversations. So out of the winners that went on the group date, he was the one that we didn't get anything about. And, um, you know, that may or may not mean anything, but there is like a long history in U.S. television of, you know, representing Asian males in a way that's either emasculating or they tend to feminize them or they show them as sidekicks. Um, And there's been some research on actually this show kind of talking about how people of color oftentimes serve as sort of like helping the white people connect. And so I don't know that I necessarily saw any of that emasculating or feminizing or anything like that, but I was really aware that he was the one person we didn't get to hear anything from. And so I feel
2: like he's one of the few guys that has a legit job. Like that's one thing that drives me nuts on the bachelor and bachelorette is the like faking of real jobs that the people have. It'll be like former football player. Well, that's not a real job. Like a former anything is no longer a job. And I think he's an anesthesiologist, Mm -hmm. which I think is one of the coolest jobs. Your job is basically to almost kill somebody and then bring them back. That is (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. about
2: the coolest job i can think of
0: so who are your favorites now do you have favorites dale dale (laughs) Dale. well (laughs) for her yeah
2: joe's my favorite person like i i wrote down that i would like to be friends with him like he seems like a really interesting guy and he seems like the type of person like that i'd be friends with
1: i kind of enjoy easy Mm -hmm. i think he's entertaining kind of fun you know, I always I always watch this show with an eye towards who's gonna go to um paradise. Yep. And so he's someone I'd want to see in paradise and Bennett.
0: Yep. Bennett for <laughs> yeah, got... running
1: down the beach.
2: Yeah, Bennett will never stop be...
1: and a Chris button down.
2: Yep. Bennett will never be the bachelor, but he will have a long, long history or a long future in the Bachelor in Paradise. He is like the perfect person for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet we see Brandon.
2: You see him again?
0: I bet we see oh. Brandon again after that oh. awful exit.
2: Oh yeah. I thought yeah. you said Bennett again. Yeah. Brandon's got he's he'll be on again. And he's good looking. <laughs> and they really like like the good looking guy that's kind of romantically inept for lack of a better term.
0: It do you think that she's giving the other guys a fair shot? Do you think she's trying? No.
1: No.
0: No, they're nope. shaking their heads.
2: No. Nope.
1: I don't think it's a lack of not trying. I just think she's done.
0: Yeah. So what were some of your favorite reactions to this week's episode? Either your favorite tweets, memes, anything.
1: Everything with Bennett. There was a lot of fun, like meetings yeah. with Bennett running again, Bennett fan. I don't know why.
2: <laughs> yeah. I feel like Bennett is, is like good comedy relief and he's, I feel like people have decided he's easy comedy relief because he's really good looking. He talks about how wealthy he is. like he is just a walking, like, like I always tell people like there's there's people in the world that I'm not sure if they're real or if it's just a glitch in the simulation we're living in. Or like the coders got like bored or lazy. and I feel like Bennett's that person. Like they were like, we need another guy in the world like, well, just use this like really rich guy that went to Harvard it's like well should we like build in a personality like eh, just sort of a personality like just just, yeah
0: he's a character not a person i do love the moment where he's like i'm gonna like i'm gonna have to burn that couch you know after all the guys come in and are naked and sit on it yeah so you could see that he has a little bit of a personality i Um, think i think what i really like about him too is like just
1: when all the guys were at the pool and they were running in and they all kind of were like like laughing and like mimicking him. I also like it. I like seeing moments where there's somebody does something, but it shows the camaraderie from between the contestants. And so I feel like he's someone there who's and it and it wasn't like mean, right? Like it wasn't like mean or spiteful. It was like good-natured ribbing, and I kind of enjoyed those moments. So
2: they were basically saying he's incredibly good-looking and suave, <laughs> and it's like, like they were making fun of him for being like you know, amazing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> must be Rob. Yeah. Oh. So I think we should wrap this up. And before we do, what is your one key takeaway from this episode? You should Google people before you go out with them. Good.
2: Uh, I would say that it's important to get to know things about your partner and what they like and what they don't like. That's the other thing about the love languages is that like, yeah, it's important to know what your partner likes it's also important to know what your partner doesn't like and avoid doing those things. If you can do those two things, you're on your way to a pretty happy relationship. Do the things your partner likes. Don't do the things they don't like.
0: Good advice. Right? I'm gonna, I'll go with vulnerability isn't always good.
2: Oh, that's a really good one.
0: That is good.
2: Yeah. All right.
0: This is awesome! I can't wait for next week. So next week we are going to have Melissa. Thank you so much for being our awesome thank guest. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, and next week we're going to bring in Connie Nelson, right? Connie Hansen. Hansen, Hansen. Why did I say okay? Yes. Connie, Connie
2: Hansen, who I will say, Wednesday morning, six in the morning, I wake up and I have a three-paragraph email from her about the Bachelorette uh with all of her different like thoughts on it so if there is a super fan of this podcast it is Connie Hanson and she is going to be on and she is in charge of or she is part of student life at UNI so get excited
0: thank you so much
2: on? Melissa do you want the last word besides vote 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 vote
1: no. vote no that sounds like a good last word
2: nothing nothing to like put out there you got a website no. You have I a sponsor? Don't. Did anyone pay you to sponsor something?
1: I've been... No. No.
2: Okay. It's good to see y'all.
1: I think Walgreens got it covered. Yeah. Thanks, guys.
2: <laughs> Go buy your $6 wine. You've been listening to Batchadamia with your hosts, Doctors Daniel Dick McGew and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at Batchadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at Batchadamia. Thanks for listening.